Kristen. Guys, thank you for coming tonight as we discuss how to lead your families on Sunday. Sunday is a very important day. As we read in the scriptures, we read in Exodus 20 and in Deuteronomy 5, the commandment to observe the Sunday, to keep it holy as unto the Lord. Why? Because God rested on the Sabbath, Exodus 20. Because God redeemed His people, Deuteronomy 5. This idea of redemption, this idea of the Sabbath being a special day, a holy convocation, and that we are called to gather together on that day to hear God's Word. Very important. Even when we gather together on that day to hear God's Word, it, it points ahead to that final day of gathering, that final Sabbath day. And, and that meaning is important. It's not just a dull duty that we have, but it's, it's an act of faith to come and hear God's Word and gather with God's people and, and celebrate God's rest anticipating the full consummation of it when Christ comes. The already part of it, the not yet part of it, is that we still live in a fallen world. But, but therefore, we're to lead. We're to exercise leadership to lead ourselves and our families to this Sunday morning convocation, this holy convocation, this gathering of God's people. And the thing tonight that we've chosen to focus in on is how do we lead ourselves and our families to listen to God's word? to discuss God's Word? How do we lead ourselves and our family into making a priority of biblical fellowship on Sunday? Sunday should be a day for God and God's people, that we make it a priority to be with God's people, that we are listening to God's Word, we're fellowshipping. No time tonight to talk about uh, in the afternoons where we're having people over for lunch or in the evenings, and we're just making it a priority. We're setting other things aside, and we're fellowshipping with God's people and hearing God's Word. So tonight what we're going to do is focus in on how to listen to the Word of God. And the, these notes will be available as well online. But let's take a look at these, uh, how to listen to the Word of God preached. I believe I, I received this from John Piper's ministry, Desiring God Ministry. And so I think there's about 12 points here. Let's just walk through them. Uh, just suggestions for you as you lead yourself and lead your family to Sunday morning. We're not just going to lollygag into Sunday. We're not just going to drift into Sunday. There are too many things opposing us. There's the world, there's Satan, and there's our flesh. If we do not pray by faith and, and, and lead ourselves and our families into Sunday, then we're just going to meander. And God's called us not to meander as a church, but to, but to walk purposefully for ourselves and for those that we're leading. So let's take a look at this. How to listen to the Word of God preach. Bring your Bible. And so let me just encourage, guys, with your families, with your kids. You know, hey, guys, kids, do we have the Bibles? You know, are you ready? Are you excited? If you, if you have children in children's ministry, talk about the Scripture that they're memorizing. Certainly uh, read it through. Follow carefully as the text is written. I love what it says here. How you listen to the Bible being read is a good indication of how you will listen to when it's preached. So, like, when, when, when the preacher stands up to, uh, to read the Bible... Um, so when the preacher stands up to read the Bible, here's, here's my question to you. I mean, I was in the military, okay? And so when certain things were done, you would snap to attention because you understood the authority being spoken to you. Is there a greater authority speaking to you than God's Word? Do you snap to attention in your heart? Or are you just kind of smoking and joking in the back row, crack, you know, hey, whatever? Your family is watching you. So if the Bible is being open and the preacher is saying, let's read this, and you snap to attention, you don't have to be cruel about it. You don't have to be mean about it or harsh, though I usually was. But you don't have to be that way. But if they're watching you pay attention, if they're talking, you're saying, the word of God is being spoken right now. 
and you are open, you know where it is, and you're finding it, and you're helping them find it, say, let's read this. You know, as, as a dad, or, or, or just even if you're like single with your buddies or a youth, you know, you're saying, hey, this is God's word. We're going to pay attention right now. That's important. Read and study the text in advance. So you get the informed every Wednesday. If you're not getting the re- informed, let me know at the end of the service, and we'll get your name on the uh, email list. So you get the informed. You get a little teaser. All right? Read the text. Ask yourself. Read commentaries. What is this? What is happening here? Get ready. Get your soul ready for the Word of God coming in. Listen attentively while the Word is being preached. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. Listen, great churches are built with great preaching, but also with great listening. I want to encourage you guys in something. If you're listening and one of us says something that thrills your soul, not because we said it, but God said it, it's okay to say something. Amen. There you go. <laughs> On cue, Cal buys there. <laughs> but seriously, you know why? Because A, you, I, again, if your kids are watching, you're not doing it to impress your kids. They're saying, hey, dad is into this. Like, if you ever watch me watch the Gators play football, I'm like two inches from the screen, and I'm going nuts. Right, Fernando? Okay. Yeah. So if they watch you doing that with the Gators or the Panthers or the Heat basketball season's coming up, and at church you just slid back, what do you communicate to them? Not important. So you want us to be two inches from your face? Yes. <laughs> okay, all right. So I'm, okay. Now, wait, wait. So I'm going to bust Cal now. I like this. Thing. So when Cal first came to the church, right, Cal's a big guy. And they used to sit much closer. And I'd be preaching. I didn't quite know Cal like I know him today. And when Cal's listening to sermons, first of all, you can see those eyebrows, okay? Cal, Cal kind of, he gets a very serious look on his face, which I actually like. And he, he kind of scrunches over and he's like... <laughs> and I remember preaching going... Oh, man. <laughs> Did I just say something wrong? <laughs> but to his credit, and, and thank you, sir, both Cal and his wife and his children, and this is another thing to consider doing, after the sermon, will often come up with very specific things to say, thank you for that word. It greatly encouraged me. So I'm not fishing for compliments at all. Please hear that. But what does that tell me? This man and his family value preaching, value good preaching, biblical preaching, and they're going to comment on it, okay? So that's all I'm saying, guys. Are are you leaning forward? Are you listening well? Are you minimizing distractions, you know? That's all I'm asking. Okay. Get enough sleep. Ooh, (laughs) baby. Anybody ever heard of Donald Whitney? He's written some books on the spiritual disciplines. He's a professor at a seminary somewhere in the Midwest. He said the following. It's difficult to concentrate on a sermon if you hadn't had enough sleep. So you need a seminary professor to tell you that, right? <laughs> Very few things will help you pay attention better than a good night's sleep on Saturday. How you spend Saturday night and early Sunday morning has a great deal to do with how much you'll get out of the sermon. So all I'm saying is this. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. Saturday night, right? I got gotcha. you. Uh, and I'm usually the worst offender because I'm usually up finishing my sermon on Saturday night. <laughs> but just, just a thought. With your kids, with your family... How are you leading? Okay. All right, six. Take notes and then review them during the week. All right, let me just say this. I'm I'm being honest here. Some of you taking notes may actually keep you from the sermon. Some of you taking notes helps you. I'm a note taker. So 
I used this thing for the first time during Bentley's message, and some people said they were distracted because when I take notes, I attack the keyboard. You know, so I'm banging the keyboard. Or maybe it was Corey's message, actually. I was taking notes. But that's how I stay engaged with the message, all right? You may not. You, you may want to engage with the preacher. We don't, we don't want you to engage with the notes. We want you to engage with the Word of God. God's engaging you and th- that mouthpiece of God. So however you get engaged, get engaged. Nice thing is we'll, we'll, we'll put the notes online, and then you can listen to it online afterwards, all right? So the idea is get engaged. Talk about the message with others. This is a great thing that, that we like to do as a family and uh, encourage you to do it. Review the message with the family and friends after the meeting and during the week. Listen, I'd love it if the youth, if the singles, when they, when, when they go out to eat, you know, they're saying, okay, if it thrilled you, right, you're talking about it. If I watch the Heat game with Marcos, and there's a couple of dunks by LeBron and, and Wade, and, and there's some plays, we're like talking about it. We're, we're reliving the play. And it's the same thing with the message. If it touches your heart, man, talk about it. I think this is what it's talking about in Ephesians 4, 15. I preached it last week when it says, speak the truth in love. I think that's what it's talking about, is speak the truth, the, the gospel truth. Not necessarily, hey, Tim, you know, you got a booger hand under your nose and you got to get it out, you know. That's one kind of truth. You know, you, there's sin in your life, Tim. Tim, let me tell you where it's at. Let me tell you the truth, brother. I don't believe that's what it's saying in, in Ephesians 4, 15. Elsewhere it talks about that but not there. There it's saying, hey, Tim, wasn't that gospel truth today amazing? Let's talk about it. That's how a church matures if you're talking about the scripture together. Okay? Earnestly prepare your heart for the sermon. All right, so how do you prepare your heart for the sermon? Sunday, this is eight. Sunday morning, communing with God, confessing any sin that would hinder your spiritual hearing. Listening to preaching is an act of worship. Uh, eight, number eight on the second page, page two, eight. Uh, what I've learned from my, my Presbyterian friends when I went to RTS, I used to say, yeah, during the worship time of the service, and, and they, they would kindly say, Al, the whole service is worship. And they would say that the pastor is the worship leader. Sorry, Zeke. <laughs> but you know what? They're right. And, and I have told Zeke and other guys... The, the, the pastor, the guy that's leading that, is the worship leader. Now, I delegate the singing portion of it to Zeke, because if I led Thank the you. singing portion of it, yeah, it would not bless any of you. But worship starts from the first opening welcome. It goes all the way through the singing of God's word and singing of gospel truths to the pastoral welcome and, and, and what Corey does in, in, in teaching us about giving and, and, and praying. That's worship. And obviously the focus of worship is in God's word, but it continues to the very end, to the benediction. It's all worship. Okay, so it's an act of worship. Think, I'm worshiping you, Lord, as I'm listening to this preaching. Okay? When you listen with an eager mind, a humble heart, and a willing spirit, God is greatly glorified. Okay? Uh, I'll read this next one only because it's there, but I do think there are times that the preacher is to blame, but here's a good one. You should not be quick to blame the preacher when you find yourself bored or distracted during a message. More than likely, the problem is with the listener, not the preacher. Now, there are times when it's the preacher's problem. I'm going to admit that, okay? We didn't prepare right. Uh, we, we, you know, okay? But a lot of times, it's just our hearts are cold, and the Word of God is hitting our hearts like a hard piece of dry earth that hasn't had rain for a while. That's when you beg God, soften my heart, Lord, that this would move me. Receive the Word of God humbly, 
I do like this. Remember, you're not coming to hear the preacher, you're coming to hear the Word of God. It doesn't matter how many times you've heard, you, you've heard a topic or text or how well you think you know the subject material. Every sermon is for you. Oh, that's a good one. And you can always gain deeper insight into the subject or text and seek God afresh about how it needs to be applied. It should be no problem to listen to the same message twice. Very true. All right, number 10. Believe God to use the preaching of His Word. Oh man, there's these incredible passages that the preaching of God's Word, it does save us. We are saved. We are being saved, sanctification, and we will be saved, glorification. And so the preaching of God's Word is vital. It's vital. I think they're the most, Sunday sermons are the most important and significant event of the week. Not because I'm the guy preaching. I think, I think, if you think about Sabbath, if you think about rest, if you think about what it's pointing to, to the final Sabbath rest of God, and you think about God's Word, what is more central than the preaching of that Word into your heart? Which, by the way, is why the enemy is going to want to keep you from it, why your flesh is going to want to keep you from it, and the world. Hence, arguments with your wife on the way to church on Sunday mornings. Nah, never happened. Never happened. Ever. Yeah. Or your kids. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I do think that preaching is central to our lives being changed. Page three. Boy, believe God to use the preacher. Um, I want to thank God that at Palm Vista, I have not ever experienced this much. <laughs> you like that, Corey? I've not ever experienced this. And Corey's going, come on, Al, much. <laughs> Seriously, uh, there are some churches where the preacher gets criticized every week and just gets hammered and nitpicked to death, and this does not happen at Palm Vista. I, there are appropriate times when people need to bring stuff to me, and they do, but by and large, it's very encouraging here. But if you are given to any of this, criticism, comparison, uh, just don't do it, man. I mean, because it's, it's just, that preacher is, is, is God's instrument that morning for you to hear God's word and so believe God to use the preacher. And if he's not using him like you think he should be used, pray for that preacher. Certainly respect the preacher. Express your appreciation for the preacher. That happens and pray for the preacher. And at the bottom, yes, please. Can I just make a comment on that? Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 4, 12 says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You know, we, when we go to church, when we go to the worship service, and we sit under the preaching of the word, we're not there to judge the preached word. It's there to judge us. Amen. Our hearts are getting judged. And when our attitude is, uh, I'm going to I'm going to be evaluating, constantly criticizing the pastor. Then we have really set ourselves in judgment over the word of God. You know, Paul tells us in First Thessalonians five twenty one, test all things, hold fast what is good. So, you know, we're not even to hear the greatest preacher with an absolute faith that we would the very word of God itself, but still we have that attitude of submission, rather than an attitude that says, well, I'm going to weigh. I'm going to judge all of what he's preaching. That should not be our act. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. 
Bottom of page 3. Diligently apply the Word of God to your heart. This is perhaps the one of the main reasons why in our home groups we really seek to talk about the message. But I just want to say this. If, if, if it's only happening in home group, I would say you're missing some rich stuff from the Lord. So I think that much of this diligently applying, um, it, it should and could happen Sunday afternoon when you have people over for lunch, or Sunday evening when you have them over for lunch, or you're going out with your friends, or, or whatever, you're fellowshipping around, uh, this biblical fellowship and around God's Word. As it says in James 1, 22 to 25, don't merely listen, deceive yourselves, but do the Word of God. Um, so, you know, what is required of those that hear the Word preached? The Westminster Larger Confession, question 160. It is required of those that hear the word preached that they attend upon it with diligence, preparation and prayer, and examine what they hear by the scriptures, receive the truth with faith, love, meekness, and readiness of mind, as the word of God, meditate and confer of it, hide it in their hearts, and bring forth the fruit of it in their lives. Listen, that's a lifelong battle, isn't it? Because we're lazy dogs, man. <laughs> And you got the flesh that's going against us and, and the enemy of our souls in the world. But this is our duty, my friends. This is what is required of us. This is what is required of us. I, I love what J.I. Packer writes here. This is page four, by the way. Those little arrows, the, the bottom three arrows. Nothing they, the Puritans said, honors God more than the faithful declaration and obedient hearing of his truth. So the Puritans would say that nothing honors God more than the faithful declaration and obedient hearing of his, of his truth. Obedient hearing. The doers of the word are the best hearers. Boy, that is true. That is really true. And then William Ames, the receiving of the word consists of two parts, attention of mind and intention of will. Intention of will. Then the final quote there on page four, hearing the word without doing the word only leads to self-deception. It isn't how many messages you've heard that counts. Messages. Thank you. Commit yourself to obey the word preached. Take the message personally and make particular application to your heart. So, personal and particular application of the word of God. Alright. Interaction time. Talk to me about Sunday morning, men. What's your experience been? Let's start with this. How has God given you grace, ability to grow? Be specific. Be vocal. Be aggressive. Don't be offensive. This question again? Sure. Talk to me about, we just <clears throat> talked about Sunday morning and hearing God's Word. How has God worked in your life in this area? Give me areas of... of Honoring God, maybe how it used to be, how it is now, how you look forward to it, maybe some practices that you do with your family. I'm looking for grace, what God has done in your lives, you men, okay, to, to hear, let's start with hearing God's word, then we'll move to the Sunday morning service, and then we can move out a little bit further to sort of Sunday. Practices, ways that God has moved in your life and benefited your family through this. I think the main one for me is just the desire to be there, to listen, to learn, where that would not have always been the truth. Um, I think that's really the biggest change over the years. Um, there was a season where 
I kind of got my fulfillment from all the things that I got to do or did or was responsible for. And without, without having all that responsibility, uh, initially I was, I don't want to say I was bored, but I wasn't serving as much as I had normally had. And it took a while to adjust to that, to just say, okay, that's, that's okay. I'm here for God's Word. It's not about setting up the sound. It's not about setting up the, the children's ministry. It's, it's about coming to listen to the preach Word and worship. So I think that's been a huge change for me. I mean, uh, we haven't done this recently, but um, in the past when we've read, you know, I think one of the things you mentioned was reading the passage and studying it before coming to Sunday. That's had a huge impact on the way we listened, uh, to myself, because you come already with ideas about what the passage means and the context, understanding and thinking about it, and then, um, there's an anticipation that builds for hearing the Word of God preached. Very good. Reading the passage beforehand. I, I think I'd commend that practice to you, men. Focusing on worship, I had to train myself to really think through the words as we're singing them. Mm. Yeah. We know the songs. It's easy to just put myself in autopilot mm. and sing through them. But really thinking through the theology mm. behind the words, mm. what it means, where it comes from, mm -hmm. helps prepare me for mm -hmm. the sermon. Mm -hmm. We've been wrestling with <clears throat> trying to publish the songs that we're going to worship to musically before Sunday. If you've noticed, we've been publishing the ones we have. I got excited when I saw them there, and I thought, yeah. oh, great. Yeah, oh, yeah. wait, that's the ones yeah. we did. <laughs> well, Zeke and I Zeke and I, and Bentley, have, and, and Corey, but I mean, Corey's been in Russia, so he hasn't been quite in this as much, but what we do is Tuesday we get together. So pray for us on Tuesday. Whoever's preaching spends Sunday, at least this is my practice, Sunday afternoon, and then a lot of Tuesday morning trying to get Read through the scripture, take a look at the original language, think about original context, the original author, original audience, what was the original, what, what's, what's God doing here, okay? And then what's, you know, okay, so let's bring it to today, what's the theme, so some sort of statement that gives the propositional truth here, the theme, especially if it's a New Testament passage, and what are some main points? And then we're throwing emails back to each other, and Zeke is good about this Sunday evening, he's saying, all right, Pino, what's the message next week about? So then we're talking about worship songs. So today we probably texted each other 30 or 40 times. And how about this song? Because it has this theological point and plays off the message. And so we're picking the songs very much with the idea of the theme of the text. Our goal is to do that by Tuesday afternoon. And what's today? Wednesday afternoon and we're not quite done. <laughs> so... We, we would love to, to anticipate, and maybe there's a format. Bentley's not here tonight because he's helping Blake move. Blake Walgmuth is moving tomorrow. He's driving out of town to go to Atlanta. But they're not helping him move, but they're staying in his house. These guys helped him move. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I don't know. Talk to Bentley. I'm, I'm not sure, Corey, how we can do this. But wouldn't it be nice if we could not only give the text, but maybe the worship songs? Because I, I, I agree. I mean, it's... Number one, for some, some people that are brand new, they don't know the songs. So it's hard when you don't know the songs, you know. And then number two, we do take them for granted. Like there's this one song we're going to be singing, you know. Um, well, I'm thinking, may the words of my mouth, and then also the Hosanna song. Well, you know, there's some specific words in there we'd love people to think about. But if it's Sunday morning, you're half distracted, you get in a little bit late. 
Did I mention about making it a priority to be there on time? You go ahead. If you, you know, listen. Yeah, and, and here, here's what I'd say to you guys. If you're in the hallways, I have to be the example. I am Basque. He is absolutely right. But if you're in the hallway and it's 10 o'clock and you're talking with somebody, let me encourage you to do something. Say, hey, guys, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, anyways. Thank you, Roberto. <laughs> yeah, but, but the words, that, that we would worship to the words on that Sunday. And I was going to say one more thing with your kids, because I know you probably, you guys are both working with your kids. Worship with them and then teach them the words of those songs. And that's the thing about hopefully what we're trying to do is sing worship songs that have theological meaning. We're not just singing a chorus that's got a nice groove musically. Although I don't mind a nice groove musically as well. But the words, the words, the words. That's it. As a home group leader, I started talking first. I think his hand was up first, but I'm not saying anything. It's okay. Um... And he is bigger than you. Leader, the, having the words, you know, the, how you're doing it now has blessed us tremendously because it makes my job a little bit easier for Wednesdays. But uh, to your point about being early, uh, that's something that has really, really benefited me because I'm not scrambling in when I hear Zeke start worshiping. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take me a song and a half to get into worship mm -hmm. before. It's almost like when I, would, when I would do that, I would... By the time worship was ending, I was just starting to worship. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, last mm -hmm. song. Mm -hmm. Where when I found myself at my seat five minutes early mm -hmm. um, and getting ready that I can start worshiping right from the beginning, it's mm -hmm. made a huge difference mm -hmm. in, in my Sunday morning. So right. I would highly encourage that. And I think part of us leading is certainly leading ourselves. People will see our, our example. But also, it's not bad if, you know, as you're walking into the service, just maybe one or two people, hey guys, let's get in, man. They're worshiping. Let's go, let's go, let's go worship Lord. That's part of leadership, you know, that you're kind of, you're setting an example and you're verbally just encouraging people, you know, to get, to get in. So, did you have your hand up? I was just going to add that being on time is one of the ways that we show respect, not just for mm. you and mm -hmm. the, the music team and, mm -hmm. and the rest of the congregation, mm -hmm. but for the Lord himself. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah because we're going to work on time and for the church. Yeah. Part right. of my job involves my sometimes having meetings with members of Congress. Mm -hmm. You don't show up for that late. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are dipsticks compared with God. That's right, they are. <laughs> and, yeah, I shouldn't be showing up for God's Marcos was thinking of another word right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we really think about the majesty of God, we start our worship by showing him, you know, declaring his worth by our being there, mm. being in place, mm. on time, mm. ready to listen to his word, ready to mm. sing his praises mm. right from the very start. Yeah. I think that's, the, that's why I wanted to go first, because I knew if I went after him, it was over. <laughs> <laughs> I think those, um, the speaking the truth in love, those gospel truths, um, end up changing your behavior when you when you really contemplate them. Um, Fifteen years ago when I was redeemed, you know, worship was something between me and God, and as I, I came to understand the Scriptures better, 
I understood that no, it's not just between me and God. It's it's corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's between me and God and innumerable saints mm. all around the world. God's holy angels, the saints that've gone on before us in glory, were caught up in this this cloud, and together mm. we step behind the veil into the holy of holies mm. when we come to worship on mm. Sundays. Mm. And if you spend a, a, just a moment mm. on a Sunday morning thinking about what you're getting ready to do, mm. um, you're seldom going to be late and inattentive. Mm. That's good, Mickey. Yeah, I would like to add that. I think it, it, it's important to, to show up to, to worship on time because if you really think about it, it it's fulfilling the purpose of our lives. Mm. You know, which is to glorify God. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just a very unique opportunity that we get. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's only once a week mm-hmm. for for some of us because perhaps you don't have time during the week. Mm-hmm. But but that's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's you worshiping God. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the entire purpose of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, everything we do, everything is for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. At least it, it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, so 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 yeah, just mm-hmm. I share that. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah, let me let me step back uh, and just affirm that Zeke and Mickey are sharing. I, yeah, that veil needs to be pulled back for all of us so often. That veil that Mickey alluded to, and uh, in this in this world of so much trouble and distraction, that veil often clouds my eyes. And so, um, to that end, you know, we're, we're working on being more like doing some teaching during the worship time to help pull the veil back. And this sermon series is trying to pull the veil back. Hey, we're in this together, this glorious picture of the church and what we're doing right now. Uh, And and also, I just want to acknowledge, I mean, for me, last Sunday, when when we were singing Behold at the end of the service, it's been a long time for me since the veil was pulled back for me in a unique, I mean, I don't know if you remember that song, Behold, and just, uh, I think the, the tag or the bridge was, You Shall Reign Forever. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just, when we were singing that, you know, with all the headache and all the troubles and all the stuff that I'm involved in right now, and particularly in some, some of the issues with Sovereign Grace, I was just like, it's like it was like I was in, the, the veil was pulled back, I was in the throne room, and I was just lost in how great God is. And, you know, of course you come back <laughs> to the headaches and the... But what's that worth, guys? You know? I mean, people pay thousands of dollars to get lost in Disney mm-hmm. or in some Caribbean island or in drugs or, you know, alcohol or illicit relationships or pornography or... And in a sense, I think it's, it's what Zeke was saying. We were, we were made to worship God, but we're fallen. And there's something in us that that wants that needs more, you know, and, and and it's God. Of course, apart from his grace, we would never know that nor pursue him. But even knowing him, we often pursue these other things, you know. But boy, Sunday, what a unique moment to just come together and get the veil pulled back. So we should be thinking, is it Sunday yet? Is it Sunday yet? You know? Like when Gator football, Gator football season, I think, can't wait for Saturday, man. And uh, sadly, sometimes I'm more excited about that than Sunday. Although, lately I'm more excited about Sunday. 
Maybe it has to do with the gators have been stinking the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways. Oh. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, and I go through different sort of stages in my note taking in sermons. Sometimes I just get to a period when the best thing for me is just to you know, put the pen away exactly. and not take any notes and yep. just sit and listen and meditate as mm-hmm. I listen. Mm-hmm. Other times, sometimes I'll go for even years taking copious notes through mm-hmm. every sermon. Mm-hmm. This is a really handy kind of thing to get. Mm-hmm. Just you can pick it up even at supermarkets and mm-hmm. grocery stores. But it's a simple little composition book, and so I find it really useful to take notes in this. Also, I find, I, I've always insisted I get a really wide margin it's Bible. It's good. And I can write an awful lot of notes yep. in this. And one of the fun things about that is that then, as I'm hearing a sermon on the same passage mm-hmm. that I've heard other sermons on, mm-hmm. I'm seeing my notes from those other sermons mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. It kind of it kind of builds, you know. Mm-hmm. There's there's this this gradual accretion of new understanding mm-hmm. as I go through the passage. Mm-hmm. So those mm-hmm. are a couple of ways to mm-hmm. to do the note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. I find I'm not able to write anything in the margins of my cell phone. No. I've got the Bible on there, but I can't yeah. write. You can't write anything in there. Although, although what Bentley taught me recently, if you have Olive Tree on the iPad, well, I'm not going to, I don't want to mess this up, but if you have Olive Tree on the iPad, you can pull this little thing to the right and go down, and there's a note feature. Okay, because he was noticing I was typing notes, and then I had to click back to the text, and he was showing me how I could, I could, it's like have it's like writing notes in your margin. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, you can do the same thing with Bible works. Okay, great. Yeah, Bible I mean, works. I like taking notes in a Bible as well. Circling a word. You know, I, I love that. Really precious. Yeah. You can, you can you know, be reading through a passage yep. and come to a note that you wrote ten yeah. years ago. Yeah. And yeah. You know, has dealt with you in like the right time. Right. And you know the thing I was thinking <clears throat> is when I'm I'm dead and gone. My kids could reach into a library and say, you know, say, this is my dad's Bible, and say to my grandchildren, this is your grandfather's Bible, and to my great-grandchildren, this is your great-grandfather's Bible. It may not still be around at that, that point, was, but... That you was know. one of the great oh. legacies that thousands of the Puritans and the yeah. Scottish Presbyterians left for their kids. Yeah. Corey is good about thinking about that stuff and doing that kind of stuff. Do you keep journals, right, for your children and with the thought of giving them to your children at some point? You're, and Bibles as well, or not so much? Okay. Okay. Yeah. What a heritage. Kipper had his hand. You sure? Yep. <laughs> are you just thinking, you know, about marriage? What are you doing? He's just like a... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay, I've got, I've got a few more thoughts, and then we'll be done. Um, all right, guys, I'm not going to be, obviously, as intense on this one. But I, I want us to talk about, what is your vision for Sunday? Uh, and this is, this is not a rhetorical question. A- as you think about Sunday, okay, so Sunday's coming. It's, it's coming in three days. Did I get that right? Is it three days? Four days. Okay, yeah. That's close. Uh, are you thinking about Sunday? 
And if you are, what are you thinking about it? This is not a rhetorical question. So, how can I serve? Okay, how can I serve? All right. There's plenty of help needed on the sound team, on the setup team, okay. uh, in the children's ministry. Okay. There's plenty to be done on a Sunday morning, starting at eight o'clock in the morning. How can I help? Okay. All right. Let's let's pull the camera back a little. I love that. That's 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 a ground level view, and I, I want that view. All right. What is Sunday for? In your minds, some of you that haven't said anything, I, I want to hear from you. But in your mind, do you have a conviction from the Bible about what is Sunday all about? Yeah, it's a day to worship God. Okay. It's a day for me to to be talking to Him in the church, or praying and worshiping. It's most important for me, Sundays. And you've, you've exhibited that from the moment I met you. Amen. Sometimes. Yeah. You, you, you serve God's people and I fellowship try. with them on Sundays. I try. How good example of my wife. Yeah. God put her in my, my life. You know me, no, I had two service. Mm. She is always giving, giving, mm. giving. But I learned little by little. Mm. Yeah. Can I share this? And I think it's true. You, you cut me off if I'm not saying something that's true. That uh, you, you even you've curtailed some of your sports watching on Sundays because oh, yeah. when I first met you, oh, weren't yeah. you a Raiders fan? Ooh, you were a huge Raiders fan. And only that, I had the short wave from Spain, very station radio, and I have the radio watching, uh, uh, hearing all the games from the soccer, soccer mm-hmm. and the one o'clock uh, mm-hmm. NFL, four o'clock, uh, ESPN seven o'clock. Okay. I didn't know for anybody any Saturday right. or Sunday in my house. Right. Yeah, and that, that changed. God changed me. Don't ask me why. How did that change? <clears throat> Tivo. <laughs> did someone say Tivo? <laughs> I changed. You did, didn't you? I, I don't know. How. I remember that. It's I remember that change. No, man. bro, you can believe it. Crazy. Yeah. And I lost again. Some of my teams, I don't eat that day. I throw something, break mm-hmm. the window, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It was mm-hmm. not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Throws me underneath the bus, though, man. I still remember one day, Saturday, Saturday, in my in my house here, and my wife introduced one of my neighbors to him, and he was watching the the games with me. He don't press any attention. The lady waiting, and this guy crazy. <laughs> he throw the, 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 the sofa and everything. You remember? The I day? do, I do. <laughs> oh, Roberto. It's great that the Gators stink right now, because I. Still it's better. It's what happened with me with the radio. Exactly. Yeah. It's, but okay, happen, happen. But, but guys, this, I think this is a picture of, of, of the, I believe, I, what I saw, bro, is God. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you fell in love with God more. Yeah. You saw the gospel. Yeah. You responded to his grace, and you loved the Savior. And this guy serves on Sundays and gladly. And uh, I mean, he still loves soccer. So when he, oh, came, yeah. when he came up tonight, and I oh, love yeah. this, because I was wondering what happened. Yeah. Man, Madrid lost in, in penalty kicks to, to Bayern München for the, the Champions League, and... Uh, Barcelona. Yes, Barcelona. Madrid, yeah. I, I, I hate the Madrid. Yeah. Yes. I was happy. Even I have and yesterday, game. Barcelona lost against uh, Chelsea. 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 Oh, that game was and Messi, Messi hit the crossbar. 18-1 from the Barcelona. So what, what, what I love is we can still be guys and talk about You can see the passion here, but he's got self-control and saying, you know what, Sundays? Is it wrong to watch football on Sundays? I would say no. I don't believe Scripture says it's wrong. But if it's wrong if I live for that. If I endure the service so that I can leave at 12.30 so I get to my TV by 1 mm-hmm. and make sure I watch the whole pregame and everything, 
okay, now we got a problem. Because now my heart is being refreshed by something that is just so temporal. So you're a Giants fan, and they won the, the Super Bowl last year. Big Add to that testimony, our first Sunday, he and uh, Liana had Claudia and I over for, mm-hmm. for lunch. Chinese, remember? I do, I do. And yes, you talked a lot of Raiders. <laughs> but we had lunch together, and then I think you invited us to watch the game as well. Um, but you really served us yeah. and showed us that this church was a place that Valued relationship. Thank you. Okay, so we're still going a little bit about a 10,000, 20,000 foot view of uh, 10,000, 20,000 foot view. My my butt was ringing. I didn't know if it was my wife, so make sure. Okay, that sounded really weird, wasn't it? All right, edit that. Edit the fact that I said my butt was ringing. (laughs) And it's my wife. Whoa! Kipper's getting excited over there. What, what, what about this butt ringing thing? <laughs> All right. 20,000. A total. Yeah. 20,000 foot view. What is Sunday about, guys? What is Sunday about? Again, some of you guys that haven't said anything. I'm about to call on you if you don't say something. It's two things. Okay. Worshiping and receiving its fruit. Worshiping means could be whether you're singing mm-hmm. or you're serving or you're just sitting down receiving his fruit. Mm. Great. So receiving his say his fruit? Is the word. His word. Yeah. Got it. Beautiful. Very good, man. I think Sundays for me is being convicted. Um, uh, not every time, but a lot of times when I'm listening to the sermons, mm-hmm. I try to think how am I failing in myself mm-hmm. and how does this apply to me? Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes have trouble trying to get into the worship, but I, I really do enjoy the convicting mm. part of the sermons where mm. you kind of call out, and I know the, the preacher has no idea who is going to be convicted on what, mm-hmm. but oftentimes, and since I'm really horrible, I get convicted a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're no more horrible than the rest of us, I can tell you that, Charlie. Uh, I, see, uh, I see Sundays as a... Um, a second chance mm. um, because um, you know Jesus died for your sins so every week uh, I just feel like it's another opportunity to improve upon the prior week because mm. you know uh, you may it's find like, yourself you know there's so many things in, in in the world that are so ungodly that you could see yourself getting uh, off track kind of mm. see yourself as a train yeah. going to your end point so mm. Sometimes you get tilted off track, but mm. every week is another opportunity to get back on track. That's so, good. Um, that's really what I see every mm. Sunday for, and, and then I see the week for as you know, trying to go forward and not get off track. So, mm-hmm. continuing that every week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I see every week as mm-hmm. as a journey going mm-hmm. forward. Because uh, you can't go back, but you can always go forward. So, mm-hmm. uh, you get better yourself. Mm-hmm. Is is it Hector? Walter. Walter. I'm sorry. Walter. Yeah. Okay. Does everybody know Walter? No. Tell me how you found us, Walter. Um, so I actually just recently moved down here. Um, I was living in New York for three years, and uh, my girlfriend is actually a childhood friend with Patrick. And um, no way. She. So we came here basically through us. So. Great. Welcome, yeah. Walter. 
Yeah. I enjoy the church a lot. I've only, I mean, I've, it was the first one. I, I, we, we, had, we went to a couple of different churches mm-hmm. um, to try and get a feel for what we, where we want to be. Mm-hmm. But I knew from the first day that I came here that Great. I felt like, I, said, I felt the sense of community, which a lot of, some churches you don't get that same feel initially. So. Wonderful. Well, welcome. Yeah, I'd say that the, that's what the Word does, the truth. You know, God speaks truth to us. It does. It corrects us, and it, it does convict us. It, it should encourage us, the truth of the gospel. And it, it is. There's something about a Sunday morning. We so need it. And then as we're applying it during the week, talking about it with our friends on the phone and our girlfriends or wives or, you know, just... And then Wednesday nights, trying, you know, getting together with God's folks again and, and you know, applying it. So, yeah. I say that. Sundays are... One more? Yeah. Alan. Um, for me, it's, it's, trying, it's praying before I go to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and He's leading. So that, that where I'm needed or where we're needed, that we're inserted exactly where God wants us, mm-hmm. whether it be visitors, whether it be members of the church, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That you're just available mm-hmm. and that, that um, it's not my spirit doing the leading, but it's His. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. Okay, what, what I want to do is take us home with one last thought about Sunday. We've talked a lot about Sunday morning, Sunday service. Let me just throw this out. What, what vision do you guys have when it comes to being with God's people after church and Sunday evening? What we might call biblical fellowship. Um, maybe some of your practices, some of your thoughts. Is it a priority for you? Love to hear. That's one of the nice things about Sunday is when you, when you use Sunday as a Sabbath, a lot of these other things that we normally do go out of the way. So mm-hmm. it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So you can spend time having biblical fellowship, talking about the message, uh, mm-hmm. to be more purposeful in mm-hmm. your conversations. Mm-hmm. At least in my in our case, in my mm-hmm. family's case. What have been some of your practices, Jose, over the years? What do you we try to, to, go to, lunch with folks. plan for? Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, one thing I started doing recently, since the porn started coming out, I don't know if it's a good practice or a bad practice, but it helped me. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look at the scripture that I'm going to be preaching on mm-hmm. I'll write my own notes I have a notebook that's like counsel and I'll write on the left side if you look at the notebook I have my own notes of what I think the sermon's going to be about mm. okay and then as the message is preached I'll take notes on the right side I just, it's just a personal it's great. I just compare the two it's wonderful so you got good and evil there you go that's it man light and darkness Truth and the. Yeah. But, but that's how that, that helps me because it makes it all easier. First, it makes it easier to understand the message. Sure. And, and second of all, it helps me to just talk to the folks when we have, you know, yeah. just be able to share better. 
Sure. I would also add that that's that's a great practice um, to to read the, the scripture and go through some commentaries. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you haven't uh, mm -hmm. time, because um, also, I mean, not not that this is the case normally, but if the preacher saying something that <laughs> <laughs> not that it's the case normally, but last week it was like. <laughs> Sometimes you go and you sit in another church, sure. not this church, but and they're like, come on, 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 you know, so, sure. so it's it's yeah. very important. Yeah. It'll probably bring up questions too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you Kipper. I know you're good at this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna draw you out on it. I, I've I've heard you do this when you go out with the singles, which you're not gonna be single much longer. But when you go out with the singles, uh, talk to me about your practice of asking questions about the message. I, I mean, what are you thinking when you, you know, let's say it's a Sunday and you're gonna go out with a bunch of folks. How, are you how do you purposefully do that? What's your practice there? I just like to ask questions because I'm curious about who the people I'm with are, mm. you know, how they process, how they think mm. through things. Mm. And then I'll just bring my own questions to be transparent and vulnerable. Mm. If I'm having a challenging time, you mm. know, mm. just laying that, laying that out there and letting them mm. see what's going on and bring their own wisdom, bring the word into mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I don't know. I mean, I just like to you know, see what's up. So. Mm -hmm. Just not being afraid to ask. Mm. What's up? That's great. <laughs> and it's funny, often we don't ask what's up in those areas. We'll ask what's up in your career, which is not mm. wrong, your sports preferences, what school you went to. But yeah, what's up with biblical truth and how you relate to it and how we're, yeah. Right. That's good, man. Actually, I'm hoping another book, Stop Dating the Church. Yes. Chapter 6 is all about this. Okay, so there's a book by Josh Harris called Stop Dating the Church. Chapter 6 might be a good resource, you know, if you're looking for. You know, I'm just it just occurred to me as I look at you, Miguel, I think about dads, you know. I'm thinking as a dad, my last one is about ready to depart. But um, I know for me, uh, oftentimes my notes proved, proved to be very helpful when I led my family through meditations on the text, on meditations on the sermon, which I think would be a helpful thing to do. You may be using other things as well, so you don't have to do this, but my notes would often prove to be a launching pad, and um, you know it was helpful. And then uh, when my kids would take notes, it did prove helpful, because let's say if it was a Tuesday night or a Monday night or Wednesday night, we're talking about it, they were able to grab their notes from their Bible, and we could have a little bit more of an informed discussion. And uh, I would even kind of train them, hey, write down questions you have in the margins, you know. And again... Every family is going to be different. I'm just saying this is a possible practice that you might want to do to apply the message. Yeah? Well, one more thing. Well, you said that you reminded me of something. Mm -hmm. Well, at least takes notes, and I take notes. Okay. And a lot of times we'll compare the notes. Okay. And what that does is it kind of shows each other where we're at. Okay. Because we're listening to the same message, but we're taking sometimes yeah. completely different notes. It's excellent. We're applying it to ourselves. It's excellent. So it helps us to see where... I mean, one question is, you know, where did that message, where did the Holy Spirit kind of convict you in that message, going back to Charlie's thing? And it may be different. 
You know, and it may because and then you find out what God's doing in your spouse's life or your child's life or you know, they can know what's what's going on in your life. All right, guys. Anything else on Sunday afternoons? Biblical fellowship practices. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my experience last Sunday. Last Sunday? Yes. Okay. Uh, I was invited to a, uh, a gentleman's house. A gentleman's house? Yes. That gentleman's the house. Gentleman's oh. House. The legendary Weisner Hospitality. The legendary. Uh, and I, I was blown away just, you know, we were singing doxologies and mm-hmm. we were, he was reading stories mm-hmm. uh, to us uh, mm-hmm. you know, from, from the... I remember what the time. He read a story to us, you know, which had gospel applications, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. it was definitely on point. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. just just we we left. I think it was like seven o'clock or something mm-hmm. like that, and we didn't want to leave. Yeah, it's like we didn't want you to. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was like seven o'clock at night already, and we've been there since lunch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I wrote the IOU on the table. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, right. But just, just the way that that they just made us feel at home. Mm. Um, we had never. I mean, I've been in her in his house a couple times with a man up one time and mm-hmm. just met with him another time. My wife and kids had never been there. Mm-hmm. We just like we were looking at each other like, okay, well, we gotta go. We gotta mm-hmm. go. Tomorrow's work day and this mm-hmm. and that. Uh, we had other things that we had to do. Mm-hmm. Which we ended up not doing anyway, but just the fact that <laughs> <laughs> we should have stayed. I mean, but the fact that it was so late mm-hmm. and we still didn't want to leave. Yeah. Uh, just that was, that was definitely a, a high bar. I'll give you the last word. Okay. Um, yes, please, Gustavo. I have something that is, was very encouraged for me, and it's in Hebrews 10.25. Hebrews 10.25. Yeah. But it's not neglect, neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another. And that's, I have it for years and years. Um, for a special friend from Argentina, that he suffered a lot. But that put me together what you start talking about, mm-hmm. that from the Old Testament and say, okay, don't neglect that. Mm. Because he said, the time that we are in different seasons mm-hmm. serving the Lord, mm-hmm. because we, we are called to do that mm-hmm. and worship. Mm-hmm. And we are doing that. Mm-hmm. And I, it's so encouraging mm-hmm. when, for example, Last Sunday, I asked at the last minute, hey, Marcos, can you do this? Mm. Of course, I can. Mm. I'm here to serve. Mm. That was a great example. Mm, that's good. Uh, I encourage everyone mm-hmm. to participate working from 8 o'clock to the end. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, not all we are going to receive. But it's a time that you can we can give mm. a lot mm. for our families and yeah. from everyone. Yeah. And we receive when we give. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Cal. I hesitate even to speak at this point because I don't want to be I don't want to wear out my welcome, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. My heart breaks to know how many of the people of God lose out on the tremendous blessing that can be ours. 
when you just give over the whole of the Lord's Day mm. to the Lord mm. every week, and mm-hmm. it becomes it becomes not a burden to us mm-hmm. to do it, but it becomes the greatest gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a week in and week out gift. Mm-hmm. To me, mm-hmm. you know, I work really hard all day, mm-hmm. every day, six days a week. Mm-hmm. And I just, I long for every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And on that day, mm-hmm. I refuse to do anything that is related to my work. Mm-hmm. I just won't do it. Mm-hmm. I won't even think mm-hmm. about stuff that's related to mm-hmm. my work mm-hmm. on that day because it is the one day mm-hmm. when God has told me, you don't need to do any of that. Mm-hmm. You can let it all ride. Mm-hmm. And if I've got some project that's late, tough. Mm-hmm. It's late. Mm-hmm. You know, I just get to enjoy the Lord. Mm-hmm. And just now as I was reviewing one of my favorite passages about the Sabbath, <laughs> Isaiah 58 13 and 14, Mm. a new understanding came to me, I believe. Mm -hmm. In verse 14, it says, well, in verse 13, it says, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on Mm. my holy day, Mm. and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of Yahweh honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, Mm. then... You shall delight yourself in Yahweh. Mm. Now that's not a command. It's a consequence. Mm -hmm. And it suddenly struck me. Am I finding times in my life when I'm not delighting myself in the Lord? Mm. Well, God tells me that if I will give over the Lord's day to Him, Mm. turn away from the things that are my pleasure, that Mm. I want to do, and Mm -hmm. do the things that He calls me to do, He tells me the consequence of that will be that I will delight Mm. myself Mm. in the Lord. And then God says, and I will cause you, and the poetic language here is marvelous, I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of Yahweh has spoken. I mean, is that a a confirmation of Mm -hmm. his promise? Mm -hmm. And then it just suddenly dawned on me too. You know, another of my favorite verses is Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. If I'm not getting a lot of the desires of my heart, maybe it's because I'm not delighting myself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not delighting myself in the Lord, maybe it's because I'm not receiving the gift He gives me every week mm-hmm. of that whole day mm-hmm to just rest from all my labors, all Mm. the things that worry me through the week. Mm -hmm. I don't even read news on a Sunday, Mm. because so much of the news is such a pain in the neck. (laughs) I don't do that. I just enjoy the Lord on a Sunday. Mm. And that is just the greatest rest that I can have. It's the day to be back in the garden, walking in the pool of the day. Men, I think the idea is worshiping the Lord and enjoying Him, and Sunday is a big key to that. So, as God moves you in your conscience through His Word, text like Isaiah 58, Cal? Isaiah 58, 13, and 14. Isaiah 58, 13, and 14, Psalm 37, 4, and certainly Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. Here's my, here's my thing to us as we conclude. Yeah, Isaiah 58, 13 and 14, Psalm 37, 4, and then of course Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, that's where the Ten Commandments are are given in those two. Um, This Sunday, be intentional. So sit down with your wife and say, honey, 
what can we do on this Sunday? Okay? And, um, and so as the Lord just puts that in your heart, think about what, what, what might we be able to do. Maybe be strategic about inviting somebody over. Sometimes it's better to do it, you know, on Thursday or Friday rather than Sunday at 12.01 as they're walking out of the church. Hey, you got any plans for lunch in 20 minutes? Uh, although sometimes that works. Uh, but, uh, yeah. but um, just be intentional as you can. And, you know, we all have different situations in life, so sometimes providentially you can't. That's fine. The idea is what Cal was saying, to delight yourself in the Lord. And uh, so that's going to be my prayer. And you know what will happen? As we do that, God will grow His church because we'll be, we'll be connecting much more with one another, speaking the truth much more to one another in love. And that, and Ephesians 4 tells us that's how the Lord's going to grow us up in love, build us up in love. So uh, may that be, may it be, guys. May your families grow up in love. Let me just pray and then we'll be, we'll be done. Lord, I pray that you would bless these men. Lord, I pray that you would build your church. And uh, Lord, I thank you that you're doing just that. Uh, Lord, I think of Blake and, and Emily as tonight they're spending the night with uh, the Crawfords. They'll be hugging their necks tomorrow morning. We're going to miss them. Lord, give them traveling mercies. I think they're going to Mississippi first and then over to Atlanta. Lord, I think of a young couple, um, Greg and Espy Travassus. Uh, I had the privilege of performing their wedding a few years ago. She's from Hylia Gardens. Uh, just got word that her father, 54-year-old man, died in his sleep last night. Healthy guy. I, he's visited our church several times. They are on, in route from Orlando down to Miami. Uh, Lord, I pray I could serve them. I, I have a call into them right now, but who, who is adequate for this? It's, it's sudden. We all know we're going to die, but when a healthy man dies in his sleep, it, it's just, help Espy. Don't believe he was, I don't think he was a believer. I know her mom and her brother and sister are there. And Lord, just have mercy upon this family, I pray, Lord. Um, yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, guys, thank you.